If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. DeMar DeRozan is set to play his 1,000th career game in the next game against the Atlanta Hawks. But we're going to talk about what contract extension talks between DeMar DeRozan and the Chicago Bulls could look like. We're also going to talk about the Bulls maybe shut out as far as not having any players in the um, the All-Star game. And then we're going to get into your voicemails. We're going to do all that and more on today's Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So I want to start off today's episode before we get into the mailbag. And I just want to talk about DeMar DeRozan, set to play his 1,000th career game. Um, and this just shows how durable uh, DeMar DeRozan has been over the course of his career. Um, you know, it's it's a huge um, accomplishment for him to do that. Uh, for him to be as healthy as what he has been for the most part of his career is just huge. And, you know, stepping in even at his age and just still refining and improving his game like he did down in uh, when he was playing in San Antonio and all those things. And, you know, it's all great. But you're, we're starting to get to the place now where we're hearing things and rumors about DeMar DeRozan and him possibly seeking a contract extension with the Chicago Bulls this upcoming summer when he's eligible for one. And DeMar DeRozan could earn up to a, a contract extension of up to $154 million over four years is what the extension he could he could get looks like. And the biggest question with that is, is that do you bring DeMar DeRozan back? Does he sign another contract with the Chicago Bulls? I do think in leaning towards that, just with the, the way that AK and Eversley have done and gone about things, I think it's more likely than not that DeMar DeRozan is offered a contract extension. I don't know if he's offered the full four years. I don't know if he's offered the full $154 million. That's a lot to pay for a player um, at DeMar DeRozan's age. Now, with the way that DeMar DeRozan's game is aging, just his game overall, DeMar can literally, it seems like he can play another <laughs> decade almost if he chose to. Um, and he's already talked about, you know, retirement and how he thinks he won't necessarily really be able to appreciate things until he's retired. But you look at DeMar, already 33 years old. He'll be 34 before we begin next season. And so to sign DeMar DeRozan for a four-year contract extension, at that point to sign him uh, through his contract through, uh, through 38, um, the age 38, it, it just, it you know, there are other players in which, you know, much younger than him that you sign an extension pushing them into their mid-30s. I'm like, ah, I don't know about that one. But with DeMar, if the Bulls were to, you trust that his production would stay nearly the same or, you know, still probably be an over 20-point-per-game score even over those years, no matter how old he is. But it really, it comes down to the makeup of the team, and it comes down to how you need to improve the team. Now, the biggest question uh, that I think surrounding a DeMar DeRozan contract extension is, is he willing to take a more team-friendly deal um, to stay with this team, but for us to be able to to build a better team around him and build a true championship contender. I guess all those things will be shown and evident um, as we as we go towards the offseason and things like that. And we may be looking way too far ahead, but it's starting to look at time, uh, things like that. When you look at Vooch as well, Vooch, is he going to get another contract with the Chicago Bulls? Do they move him by the trade deadline considering he's an expiring contract? There's a lot of questions around here. And the biggest thing with AK is, is that if AK, for example, was to re-sign Nikola Vucevic and give DeMar DeRozan a contract extension, there are going to be Bulls fans that 
that severely question, all right, how serious is this team about building a championship contender? Not necessarily because the players aren't good, right? Because Vooch and DeMar have been really good for us. When they sign, I know some Bulls fans are going to be like, oh, Vooch is this and we need a defensive set. All that shit, all that stuff. You know, it is what it is. But when you really look at, at, at AK and, and the fact of the continuity bet, while continuity, I do think that most teams that are and become contenders do have a level of continuity. You still, We still need improvement. So if you're going to bet on continuity, we need still some drastic improvements on the bench, kind of a better overall roster balance. We still need Io, Kobe, uh, Pat to take a step up. But it, like, is AK really going to be rolling it back on hoping on the same things that he came into this season, hoping to see for this team to increase their stock? So, you know, it's a lot of questions remaining around that I can see a lot of Bulls fans understanding even being happy that DeMar DeRozan if he is given a contract extension and I can see some Bulls fans it's sending them into this tailspin of really questioning what the future of this team is if we sign DeMar DeRozan to a contract extension so I'm going to throw you guys this right question of the day in this one DeMar DeRozan would you like to see him sign a contract extension with the Chicago Bulls? Do you like that? What number would you be willing to pay also for DeMar DeRozan per year if he does sign an extension with the Chicago Bulls? Let me know all that down below. Now, moving into the next topic, uh, all-star voting came out again, and DeMar DeRozan is sixth amongst guards. And, of course, Zach Levine, way far back. Vooch, way far back. And it really does seem like there is a realistic outcome in this that the Bulls may not have any All-Stars in this All-Star game. Now, personally, I do think that DeMar is going to make it as a reserve, if nothing else. I really do think he's going to he's going to be placed in as a reserve. And while Zach Levine has been uh, playing like an All-Star here over the last 12 games, so really over the last month or so, um, I think it's just a little too late for, for Zach Levine to make a considerable push to try to, to, try to be an All-Star, in my opinion. But if we do have any chance of it being, it's going to be DeMar DeRozan being named in as a reserve. He's, he's all, all but assuredly not going to be a starter in this upcoming All-Star game. But I want to use that to talk about just the improvement that the big three have made over the last month. We talked a little bit about it on yesterday's uh, episode, how the Bulls have a top uh, 10 offense and defense over the last month or so. Um, and it's really since the Minnesota game. And that's really been, by the big three, refining, playing better, us going through Vooch a little bit more, things like that. That is really what's played a big part in this Bulls team playing much better. And the big three have been a huge part of that and I do think that if the if this big three can continue to play the way that they have been if this just is not a flash in the pan and this is something that can be sustained that we're going to be a playoff team we're going to we're going to right now the Bulls have a point differential that would put them as the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference now again point differential is only so much but it, 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 they have a, a point differential of almost a 50 win team now over the course of the season we still have a negative point differential so that is why the Bulls sit where they sit at but the improvements that this team is, has been making has been evident and it has resulted in them going 10 and 6 over the last 16 games. Now, we need to see many more months like that, but I do think that the big three have played like all-stars lately. I just don't know if that's necessarily going to get them into the all-star game. We'll see with DeMar. He's definitely going to be the only one, I think. But let me know. What do you guys think down below? Do you think that there's a chance that Zach, I really don't I really don't think Vooch, but do you think there's a chance Zach may slip in there with his recent play, maybe being named as a reserve, maybe being an injury replacement um, for anyone else? Let me know what you guys think on that one down below. But the last topic that I want to get into today before we get into the mailback is Jakob Porto. And this is a player that I I'm interested in many Bulls fans have been interested in and the conversation has been built around uh, the Bulls possibly going out and getting him well it came out lately that the Spurs want two first round picks back for Jakob Poldo 
Now that is that is a tall order for a player that, yeah, while starting for the Spurs, um, a lot of teams may look at him to be the backup, and he's a really good player. Solid offensively, even better defensively, um, but he's not really two first-round picks for Jakob Porto. I'll tell you what, if the Spurs get back two first-round picks for Jakob Porto, it's literally going to, to completely jack up the trade deadline value for most of these players. Because if you can get two first back for Jakob Porto, Imagine what you can get back for Aiden. Imagine what you can get back for Miles Turner. Imagine what you like. So it just it's it's interesting to hear that the Spurs really want two first round picks back. I don't know if that's kind of a filler, um, but you know other Bulls targets that we've heard about, Cam Reddish. Apparently the Knicks would part with Cam Reddish for a second round pick. Now the Bulls don't have a second round pick, I believe, until the twenty twenty five draft or twenty twenty six draft. Somebody fact check me on that one. Um, but I tell you what. As much as I don't see it for Cam Reddish like some people do, some people still see the potential for Cam Reddish to turn into a star. And I don't see that. I think that Cam Reddish does have it. Ceiling right now for me is him being a high-level role player on the team, which, you know, I, I don't even know how much you hit that. You know, what's the saying I always say? Potential's not always realized. Um, and that's kind of what I think when it comes to Cam Reddish. But hearing that the market for him is a second-round pick, I'm not – like – I wouldn't be mad if the Bulls parted with a second-round pick for Cam Reddish. I'm not going to lie to you for that. They still have to match salaries. But if if the Knicks are willing to just – if the main part they want back is a second-round pick, would you take Tony Bradley and a second for Cam Reddish? You know, you know, I'm just throwing some things out there. But, again, the trade deadline's coming up. Uh, we're, we're only a few days – well, not a few. We're about um, about 14 days, 14, 15 days away from the trade deadline. Um, just expect – uh, with the Halliburton injury, things may start moving in a, in a meaningful way around the trade deadline. We'll see what the Bulls ended up doing. But that's it. Let's go ahead and get into the voicemails. This first voicemail, this one's from Greg. Okay, I knew when we lost Lonzo Ball that it would be tough on us. But I didn't know it was going to be such a drastic loss to the point where it will just make us fall in the standards. So my question is, should we... Wait the blood up or just do everything next year to see if Lonzo go put us back where we need to be. Just a question of thought. Yeah, this your boy Greg. Let me know your thoughts about this one. All right, and Greg shares the mindset that a lot of boys, you know, I've always said all season, it's not just Lonzo. You can't just blame this on Lonzo. The players not executing, the lack of defense, the lack of growth, the lack of players being able to hit shots all play a big part in that. Lonzo wasn't the only reason the Bulls fell off the wagon like they did last season. Don't forget, we also missed Alice Caruso at the same time, basically, that Lonzo Ball went down. Zach Levine dealing with the injury. It was a lot of things that played into where the Bulls fell at last season outside of just Lonzo Ball injury. Now, this season, for the Chicago Bulls it's it's more than just the consistency from the team like I said uh, early in the show the Bulls right now have, have a top 10 offense and defense over the course of the last 30 days in the NBA season they have the potential it's not just they can still play damn good basketball and be a playoff team even without Lonzo Ball it's just the inconsistencies from this team yes yeah, some things have played into the inconsistencies like Zach Levine having a slow start to the season really just now starting to look like Zach Levine again over the last 12 games or so um lack of development from Patrick Williams and Io DeSumo in key areas uh sometimes this season uh the rotations at times DeMar being down Javante being out like it's still been a lot of things up and down for the Chicago Bulls team but one of the biggest things that I think have played into where they are right now is the lack of consistency on the defensive end of the ball this team I know we don't have the lockdown one-on-one defenders but we have the ability to be a solid defensive team once this Bulls team realize that and plays with that intensity we're gonna still be a damn good team but don't don't but don't mix my words at all 
Lonzo Ball would help tremendously a fully healthy Lonzo Ball, but we're, we're not going to get a fully healthy Lonzo Ball for a while. Even if Lonzo does somehow miraculously comes back this season, he's not going to be Lonzo Ball. Like, don't be surprised if you don't see the actual Lonzo Ball back for a while. And if he doesn't come back until the beginning of next season, you know, offseason workouts are a thing and, and stuff like that once he can go full go and stuff. But Getting back into game speed, sometimes it takes a while. And so, really, depending on Lonzo, if he comes back on the back end of the season, I said it, even if it's a Patrick Williams comeback where it's like the last 10 games of the season and he gets to play in the play-in or the playoffs or wherever the Bulls sit, you still bring him back so you can work off that rust, things like that. Because I tell you what, Lonzo helps Zach Levine be a better defender. Lonzo Ball's communication on defense helps everybody on that's in that lineup with him be better defenders. Then on top of that, his versatility uh, defending is huge for this Bulls team. So we do need that back. We need Lonzo Ball back. I just, I can't blame everything that's been uh, hurting the Bulls this season just on the fact of us missing Lonzo. I do think he helps, but I even think if Lonzo Ball was fully healthy this season, the Bulls still would, it wouldn't make DeMar a better defender. It wouldn't have made Zach Levine be healthier to start the season. It wouldn't make Patrick Williams, uh, I, I do want to see Lonzo with Patrick Williams and see what they can do out in the pick and roll. A pick and roll between Lonzo Ball with their both three-point shooting ability and things uh, with Patrick Williams and Lonzo would be great. And then also the ability to drive to the lane. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. At the end of the day, woulda, coulda, shoulda. This team still has more than enough talent to be a solid team. And that's why it's been so disappointing with how erratic um, that they've been this season. So, you know, we'll see how it goes and, and fixes itself over the course of the season. Hopefully this Bulls team is starting to claw their way out of this hole that they dug themselves in at the start of the season. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from uh, the Bulls, a.k.a. I'm not going to say it. Uh, I'll let him say it. Go ahead. What's up, Paige? It's your boy, Big P. The uh, Bulls. Uh, you know, I actually have a a, a really uh, a question for you. Um, do you believe this team um, has good player development? Um, I don't know what type of system. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. They're running, or what uh, AK is um, doing with the, the young people with Billy Donovan, but I'm a little concerned uh, with the way that we um we structure our player development. It seems like uh Pat is out of position or um Billy Donovan just doesn't know how to use him properly as well as it, it just seems like this team player development is, is lacking since Tom Thibodeau left. Um I wanna know is 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 that is that something that you're seeing too, especially with Lurie marketing playing the basketball he playing now in Utah and Wendell Carter playing um decent in Orlando. Um I'm just more concerned uh about the Bulls lack of player development that we have uh with this team. Um we we'll really know your observations of are you seeing the same thing that I'm seeing. So um 
keep up the good work. Um, hope everything's good with you. Um, thank you for continuing bringing that content. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right. One of the biggest problems that I have with this coaching staff that I have with Billy Donovan that I have with this is player development. Uh, uh, the Bulls, I don't know if you've been listening to me consistently, but I've been talking about player development literally per- since probably like the fifth game of the season. This this team does not seem like they develop players very well. Um, and I know some people are like, well, it's on. Patrick Williams has to be more aggressive. And that does play a part into it. Right. Let me, let me be clear. That does play a part. But I, I always go back to pop. Right. Because pop to me is the perfect example of player development. People sometimes sometimes forget that Kawhi wasn't the most aggressive to start his NBA career he averaged I think four shots per game over his first two seasons somebody fact check me on that as well it may have been like six to eight but then but Billy not Billy Donovan I wish it was Billy Donovan Greg Popovich put Kawhi in positions to build he uh, Greg, Greg Popovich described it once as Legos you build something you build part of his game then you build on top of that the next season. Then you build on top of the next season. And then by the end of that, they had a very well-rounded player that wasn't that didn't shy away from moments. So I think that with player development, that's why one thing I always uh, stick to, what well, P-Will doesn't get plays called for. Because you do, when you have a player that's not naturally aggressive, and that is on P-Will, that part is on P-Will. But when you have a player that's not naturally progress, uh, aggressive, you have to put them in situations to kind of force that growth. Billy Donovan doesn't do that, not consistently. We see Pat so often get six, eight, shots and then they don't go to him a game and then especially when you look at p will and his ability to hit the the, the three-point shot p will is a 41 percent three-point shooter for the chicago bulls team for a team that needs three-point shooting and you don't run very many sets for him that's the thing that you can start growing right a skill that he's shown a propensity to be good at in three-point shooting you build that building block by putting him in situations that he's comfortable in and up uptick that volume a little bit because the bulls do need that three-point shooting so yeah, I do have an issue with player development. Even Ayo Desumu, for example, like we know Ayo, push the pace guard. He's better in transition. He was a scorer in Illinois. All those things. We're not. He's not really put in situations to grow that part of his game. Then when we do need him to score, he's a little bit more reluctant. Again, some of that's on Ayo Desumu in that in those areas. And you brought up in this, you, you brought him Laurie and Wendell. And I do want to talk about the Wendell. To me, I've said this before. Wendell really isn't. Uh, playing much better. He's just given more opportunities. For example, in his tenure with the Chicago Bulls, Wendell Carter averaged eight shots per game. You know how many how many he's gotten in his career with the Orlando Magic? Eleven shots per game, and that's really uptick. When you look at him, the the most points he averaged per game for the Chicago Bulls was eleven point three. He's now averaging fifteen point two for the um for the Orlando Magic, and that's almost directly w- relates to the amount the more shots he's getting there. He's always been a fifty percent shooter from the field, so he. He's just seeing an increase. Uh, uh, things go through him. Now, Laurie's on a different level. The Laurie marketing thing, you have to look at Laurie. Like, Laurie, it's, it's part of why confidence is so important. And when we talk about P. Will not being aggressive, you have to try to build up that confidence in the player. Laurie is playing with the most confidence I have ever seen him do. When you look at Laurie um, and, and the way that his game is going, even in, from Cleveland last year, it really wasn't a different Laurie last year. It wasn't. This season is, is where we're seeing Laurie because he's playing more playing with more confidence. They're, they're making things go through him, and he's responded to that well. Laurie Laurie is is definitely, and he's a big part of why you. I think this front office is not willing to give up on the younger players. But you have to bring p- player development in that. So I do have an issue with the player development so far um, for our young players. And Dalen Terry, I do think they have a development plan for Dalen Terry, and I do think the G League factors heavily into that. I always compare it to Anthony Simons um, out in Portland, who pretty much played primarily in the G League his first year and they developed that skill and now look at him so I do think that that 
at least I'm hopeful that that's the route they're going with Dalen Terry. But yeah, player development has been an issue and a sore spot for the Chicago Bulls team for almost a decade. Um, even if you look at Zach, Zach has grown his game. You said since Tibbs, but you look at Zach. Zach over his first four years being a Chicago Bull became one of the most efficient offensive players in the NBA over that time. And he did develop that game. So he did. Kobe's developed some of this offseason, having his first full offseason. But again, I would like to just... I don't know, man. I do have an issue with the player development. You guys can let me know down below. What do you guys think on player development on this team so far? Let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Marv. Going on, Hayes. Going on, family. I have a little small something I just wanted to share with you guys. I want to go back to the day after Christmas, guys, and the Bulls were actually sitting at 14 and uh, 18 at the time, and we were playing against Houston. Well, we laid an egg in that game against Houston. I know we all were upset and took us to 14 and 19. Well, this is how erratic the Bulls season has been. We come right behind that and we beat Milwaukee, which the team couldn't beat last year, and we beat Detroit. Put us at 16 and 19, three games under 500, but we come back and lose two close games. Well, the second game wasn't as close to, uh, to Cleveland, actually it was, in a row and puts us at 16 and 21. We come right behind that, guys, and beat Brooklyn, Philly, and Utah. Three games in a row that put us back on it. If this team is not erratic, I mean we are. We come right behind that and lose three straight. Boston, and then we lose to Washington and OKC. Just previously, we beat Golden State and Detroit, and everybody's back on the eye. I'm saying this to say this. Can the Bulls turn this season around? In my eyes, I think we can, guys. We're sitting at 21 and 24, three games under 500, and I feel better about this year than we did at the record that we had last year. Now, if we as a Bulls organization and Bulls teams and Bulls fans, if we can win our games that we should win, the Bulls should be okay. We are 6-3 and three against the top teams in the East, the top four teams in the East. That's not including Cleveland because they're in their fifth position at this present time. But playing against all the rest of the, rest of the high, high quality teams, we plan them well. So hopefully the Bulls can turn this around, guys. I know it's been a erratic season. I know it's up and down. I hate to leave voicemails. It seems like every time I do, we lose the next game. But hopefully we can pull this next one out against Atlanta. Then we got Indiana, Charlotte, Orlando, and the Clippers. We put a run together, guys, and take this to the second half. I think the Bulls will be okay. Let's keep our heads up, guys. Go Bulls. Peace out. All right, and Marvin just doing his thing. Um, can the Bulls turn the season around? Yes. When you talk about, like, I talked about the point differential. I talked about how much better they've been playing on offense and defense lately. There are signs to point to the Bulls can turn this thing around. They can. Will they is the biggest question. And let's hope that this glimpse that we're seeing with this team starts becoming more consistent, right? I always say it's a more consistent vision. Hopefully that's what we're starting to see with the Chicago Bulls team. And they take they have some pride about themselves and they just play and execute better. They have to realize, and DeMar said it. I read the quote yesterday from DeMar. Every game. Every moment, they have to realize they're fighting for their lives. It doesn't mean they're going to win every single one, but they have to play with that level of heart. And when this team does play with that heart, when this team does execute, when this team does give the effort on the defensive end, they have found success in those games, and it's been evident. So Marvin, as always, is right on point. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll say this. I wasn't as hopeful. But I'm starting to become that, right? Zach Levine playing better definitely is a big part of that. Them going to Vooch and finding Vooch in his spots a little bit better and more consistently plays into that as well. Um, and it's just a lot. The bench kind of even and out Goren, Kobe's development. It, it really helps me feel that this team can and has the possibility to have a much better back half of the season than what the season started off with. But they they got to realize every loss is going to hurt them that much worse. They have to, They ha I said it on yesterday's episode, you have to win the weeks. 
right? You have to win the weeks. Meaning, at at worst, you can go. You need to at worst go five hundred every week from now on. Now, is it going to happen? No. But if you lose a week, you have to absolutely win that next week. Not go five hundred over that next week. This Bulls team has to understand the importance of every single moment that they are in from now until the end of the season. All right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one's from Shay. What's up, hey? This is Shay. You know, a lot of people have been talking about Patrick Williams' development or how he's been passive. Look, I'm here to tell all y'all, Patrick Williams has definitely improved a lot from last season and a lot from his season before. The men is averaging 10 points. And let's keep it real, he has definitely stepped up in a lot of ways more than one, you know, and when you think about it, the man is on the team with Vucevic and DeRozan and Zach Levine who are averaging over 20 points, so he has made a little bit of improvement that way. Now, I get the passive P and all that other, other bullshit that y'all say, and that's understandable and it's justifiable, but at the same time, I feel like these fans just look at points a little bit too much. Anyway, hey, tell me what you think. Peace. All right, Shay says P. Will's development. And, you know, one thing with Shay, as he said, people look at points too much, but then one of the biggest things he pointed out to was points. But I do think some of the concern with P. Will so far this season has been how he's regressed. He hasn't had the defensive impact that we're used to seeing P. Will have even in his rookie season. And that, I think, is more of a confidence thing than a skill level thing because we have seen absolutely games where P. Will is using his body defensively, forcing tough shots, that people run into P. Will and realize, hey, this dude is strong. I don't know if I can get by him. But... You know, P. Will's development, it hasn't been linear, but it hasn't been, it's been very up and down so far this season. Every time P. Will puts together two or three good games, we're like, hey, has P. Will uh, awoken up? He has two very bad games back to back with that. So overall, it's a consistency for P. Will. I will say this, he has developed some. His, his, the way that he understands how to move the ball, um, when he does have the ball in his hands, just his aggressiveness lately to get to the rim and to try to force foul calls, things like that. There has been some development with P. Will. It just hasn't been to the level that we should should be expecting. Like the summer with DeMar, all the things went into him spending with the summer with DeMar, learning that work ethic, learning that, that, that like, and it really hasn't translated into a way that's very clearly visible on the court. Even DeMar saying, hey, if you don't shoot, uh, you, you're going to get, what do you say? You're going to beat your ass or something like that. Like, it's all good, and it's all good and great lip, lip service. But we need to see P. Will just be consistent. And much like with most players on the Bulls team currently right now, over the last 10, 12 games, has been a much better outlook for Patrick Williams. Yeah, he's had a couple of bad games in there. But let's look at Patrick Williams' last 10. 12 points per game in the last 10 games. He's shooting the ball 45% from three-point range, 48% overall from the field, four rebounds, one point, uh, one and a half assists, a half a block per game, one steal per game, and he's only averaging one turnover per game and that 12 points. That's where we need to see Patrick Williams be for the rest of the season. If he finishes the season with those type of numbers, then yeah, we can definitely say Patrick Williams developed, but he is, he's coming along. But that's overall what we're seeing with this team. And if you look at the last 10 to 12 games for every member of this Bulls team, for the most part, except Andre Drummond, it's been much better than the start of the season. And so hopefully we start seeing that that becomes a little bit more consistent and we can say a P will really did develop this season, but that is it for today's episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message uh, or voicemail for, for the mailbag episodes, which we have another one tomorrow, the number to do so 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end everything on go Bulls. 
Love you guys, man. See red, y'all, and peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.